Hi, and welcome to show number 22 of the El Capsita Travel Talks, a podcast where people share travel stories and adventures. My name is Tony Lloyd, and I'm your host. I'd like to thank all the people who've donated to our show so far, and for the people who would like to do so, you can take a look at the travel notes to see how you too could donate. All donations will be gratefully appreciated. Please don't forget to sign up on any one of the podcast providers so that you get the updates as soon as they come in. Take a look at our Facebook page for some of the written stories. And if you're someone who likes to write, or if you'd like to contribute to a future podcast, please send us an email to lcapsitatraveltalks at gmail.com. If you have any other questions or comments about our program, you can also send us an email to that same direction, which is El Cafecito Travel Talks at gmail.com. Today's show was previously recorded here at El Cafecito in Cuenca, Ecuador. And in today's show, we won't be talking too much about climbing that mountain, swimming the rivers, doing the adventures of a lifetime. We'll be talking about just sitting still for a while. So please get yourself a cup of tea or a coffee and enjoy today's show. My name's Dan. I came to Ecuador to teach English. Now I'm here in Cuenca. We're going to start off with your experience of your first 48 hours here in the cafecito, mm-hmm. and which is going to be the theme of our talk for today. So if you could just explain a little bit about your first 48 hours. I spent a lot of time sat down and I didn't really move so much off the roof terrace apart from when I went to the bed. Yeah, that was it really. So the reason for this is not because I wanted to, I didn't want to see Cuenca, like it's a really beautiful city. I've been in Ecuador for nearly three months now and I just have got to the point where I've been trying to fit so much in that I I was exhausted when I arrived. Part of the reason that I wasn't moving is because like I had like kind of the flu. I was in a bit of pain, like I had a cold and I was just like, I need some time to sort of rest and recuperate because I haven't done that. Like I taught English. I was in a town called Riobamba every weekend. I was traveling. I was writing my blog at night. I was planning lessons and I didn't give myself any time to myself almost. There was no time where I was just completely switched off. Okay. Well, before you go any further. Yes. So obviously the theme of our show for today is about how to stop, take that time you need when you're traveling. So Dan, let's give us a little bit first about who you are, where you're, where you're coming from, before you've made it to Ecuador. Okay, so um, I would consider myself now as an English teacher. I'm from Newcastle. If you don't know it, it's a lovely town in the northeast of England. The people are very friendly. Apparently this isn't enough and I need to go to other places. I've worked in a few different jobs. Um, And I've earned the money to be here. I've saved up for it. And I I actually work on the road at the minute while I'm here. I've traveled to a lot of places. Last year, I lived in Spain in a place called Lugo in Galicia. It's a really beautiful part of the country. I went to Japan for three weeks, which was absolutely incredible. Studied Spanish and Italian at university. So I've lived in both of those countries as well. I think when you get to a new, a place that's so different to what you're used to, like this is my first time in South America, you just feel like you have to take in everything you can. Um, So in my first week in Ecuador, before I started teaching, I did different things every day. I did a lot of day trips. Um, I did a really stupid thing on my third day when I was here. I went to quite near to the top of Chimborazo, which is 
the tallest mountain in Ecuador. The furthest point from the center of the earth. The, yes. I was in Riobamba. You feel altitude sickness there at about 2,500 meters. I was at double this at 5,100. I had not yet let myself become accustomed to the altitude. And I ended up having possibly the worst headache I have ever had. I didn't sleep. And then the next day, instead of resting, I decided to go on a four-hour bus journey to ride a train down a cliff and then back up a cliff. And then four hours back home. I wouldn't change any of this, but it does take a toll after a while. Also, before I got to Cuenca, I spent 10 days in the Galapagos Islands. Obviously, for a lot of people, Galapagos are a -a once-in-a-lifetime place to go. Um, and for me, this this is the case for me as well, I'm pretty sure. So I was like, okay, I need to do everything. I need to see every single animal that I can. I need to do snorkeling. I need to do like biking. I need to do all the stuff that's like available to me. Mm-hmm. By day four, also, I went here. I actually left Riobamba to go to the Galapagos about five hours after I had given like my students their marks back. Okay. So... <laughs> I had like absolutely no break in between. I had five hours to pack up my pack, pack up my flat, get to the bus station, take a night bus to Guayaquil, and then get on the plane. And when I got there, I was like, I need to see all these things in ten days. I went to three the three main islands, and I spent like three days on each. And I also did a day trip. On the day trip, I got pretty ill. This was day three or day four, and. I'm still not fully recovered now. It was, I think it's a combination of just not, it's being exhausted, but also spending too long in the sea without a wetsuit, which may have also been a very bad idea. Um, (laughs) But basically this gave me like this cold that I wasn't able to shift. But instead of taking a day or two in Galapagos to rest, I was like, (coughs) I need to go snorkeling. You can still have the cold. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Okay. And... It was just, like, I wouldn't change this. I totally wouldn't change it. Like, the Galapagos was amazing. But I do feel like you get to a point, like, in the last two days, I was like, okay, I'm I'm actually not sad about leaving because I know that I'm going somewhere that I can rest for a bit. And I think when when you travel in this way, you have this fear that you're there for such a short time and it's like... What happens if I don't see, like... The fear of missing out. Yeah, it's it's definitely this fear of missing out. I mean, I have it in my daily life, so why wouldn't I have it when I'm traveling? Interesting enough, we've done a podcast about that. So for for people who, who want to check that out, yeah. the, the one of the fears of traveling. You know, one of the things that's very real that a lot of people don't realize is that there is something called traveler's fatigue. You basically will get yourself by just going, going, going. Your body will get to a point where it says, okay, I'm tired, I can't function yeah. anymore. You get a cold, you get a flu, yeah. you get a lot of... Your body will break down to a point where other things will then then affect you. So, yeah. it, you know, so that's a very real thing for travelers. When was a moment when you felt, as you remember a moment when you felt like, okay, you know, I just need to stop? So the first night I was here, that night I just didn't sleep. And the morning after I had another horrific headache I was I mean I don't want to get too graphic but there was a lot of luminous things coming from my nose um and I was like (laughs) I need to I need to stop that from happening I think at that point I was just like I'm not enjoying myself right now I'm not going to enjoy walking around a new city 
coughing and spluttering everywhere. Like, I need to just stop. Okay, so now that we, when our bodies and our minds say, okay, stop, what do you have to, now that you've done that, what could you say to the people who are listening? So, given, when you, when you stop, it gives you this opportunity to think about what you want from your trip. Because when you're constantly on the go, you're just thinking of the next thing on the checklist. Or you're thinking about, like, I need to show people back home what I'm doing, whatever. The photos on Instagram. The photos on Instagram, yeah. Like, you do get this opportunity to just think about what you want to do, where you want to go next, what you actually want to see. Um, Just because people say that something's really cool to see, it may not be for you. Especially in somewhere like Ecuador, there are a lot of extremes. So, like... Things like the mountains, like you can go to Cotopaxi, which is a huge volcano near to um, Quito, or Chimborazo, which I mentioned earlier. And like these things are not for everyone. Like, as I said, with the altitude, you may not have adjusted to it. You may not have the fitness to do that. So it's important to take those things into account before you do consider doing them. Even like things like going into the jungle, like, you know, you need to... Obviously, traveling is about stepping out of your comfort zone. And that's a really important thing. But there is a point where there's a line that's too far out of your comfort zone. And you shouldn't do these things just because you think that other people think you should do them or because by not doing them, you're really going to miss out or that you need to do what you feel comfortable with. If what you feel you want to do is spend five days in a place and not see any of the cultural stuff and sit in coffee shops the whole time and read like a book, that's fine. Like Perfectly fine. Yeah. It's any, anything you do on your travels, as long as it's legal, is fine. Cause it's your trip. You're doing the trip for you. You're not doing it for whoever's back home, whoever you're following on Instagram. And I think my generation and I like I have this problem that I think that I need to show that what I'm doing is valid to people back home. Um, I need to show them that this lifestyle is okay instead of doing like the conventional sort of nine to five job or like whatever. We need to travel for ourselves. Yes, I, I totally agree. And I think a lot of people have that, that feeling. It's like, you know, when you give up your job at the bank or you've given up your job at the law office and or working as a clerk or doing any sort of job that you know the rest of your the community is doing and then they're like you're going traveling Mm -hmm. you know what are you doing is you're wasting your life away you've got to do things you've got to start having babies you've got to start (laughs) (laughs) you've you've got to start programming your life and then and i think a lot of travelers and i think that's a very it's a very good point to mention a lot of travelers feel like okay if i'm here I have to make the best of it, yeah. not only for myself, but also to show people, oh, I'm actually seeing these things. I'm climbing the mountains. I'm doing these mm. things. So it becomes, it becomes work within itself. And sometimes yeah. it can become very stressful and become even harder work than our normal work. Yeah. I think a lot of it is as well, like people have this idea of making the most of it, but we don't actually know what that is. Well, no, some people probably, I don't know what that is. Well, I, I, no, 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 you're, okay, I want to let you know that a, a lot of people do not know what that is. And I don't even say that I'm an expert in knowing what that is either. But making the most of it is something that we, it's sort of like climbing a mountain to see what's on the top of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, we really don't know. We're going towards it. And 
you know, sometimes when we get to the top of the mountain, we realize, oh, that's it. There's just this pebble up here. That's all. Yeah. And then we have to go back down or go on the other side. Yeah. I think as well, you see, like, especially with social media now, you see, like, there's so much travel stuff out there. There's so, so much. And, like, you see these amazing things and you see, like, people having a great time and you think, like, oh, I want a bit of that. And you don't always get that. I mean, some some places I've been in Ecuador, like, are incre- incredible. The Galapagos is, like, one of the most amazing places I've ever been. Um, it lives up to all the hype. It lives up to the pictures. It lives up to everything you see on social media and in the news, whatever, on the TV. All of that, it surpasses it. The mountain that I went up as well, like, that was an incredible day. It wasn't so incredible the night with the headache, but the the experience itself was amazing. But there's also other things like that you might read about or you might see. They don't reach that peak. Yeah. And that's normal. Like you can't expect everything to be like this life changing, amazing experience. How do you feel now? Where are you now? So at the minute, I've now been at the hostel for a week and I'm considering staying a bit longer because as I said before, it's the first time mm-hmm. I've not felt under pressure to do anything in Ecuador. Also, I think there's like, we were in touch with people at home a lot and sometimes we may we may like the way we communicate we may learn something that that means that we really need to take a step back and we really need to think and we also need to be there for the people at home so um while i've been here at cafecito i received a phone call from my mum that i've i've been expecting for a long time um but my grandma has been, she's been in a home for, I think, six or seven years now. She's had dementia. It finally looks like we may be getting to the point where she is going to, um, she's got, she may die. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's hard when you're so far away because, like, as I just said, she's had dementia. So for me, I kind of... I've I've known this would come, but still, when you feel it, when when you hear that news, like there's no way that that's gonna be fine and that you're gonna feel good. But the hardest thing for me is that I know how close like my mum is to her, um, and I want to be there for her more than like more than anything, more than being able to like pay my respects at the funeral or anything like that. I want to be there and know that my mum is okay, because a few years ago. My granddad had actually passed away when I was on a three-week trip. He had a short illness. There was no... There was nothing that said this. But when I came back, he wasn't there. Um, And again, the hardest thing for me, because my mum is as close to her parents as I am to mine. That's very close. Um, I wasn't there for her in a... In, in a physical way, I guess, like, I wasn't, not, no, I wasn't there for her to, like, give her a hug or anything like that, like, but that's something that you have to deal with while travelling. I think, like, um, I'm 26, and a lot of my friends that I've met when I'm abroad are the same age, like, last year, or that I've known from uni. A couple of people have also been through this, and they found it really, really hard, and... They have to take time alone, but 
you also need well if it's your friend you need to like be there for them when you can and accept that it's okay that they're not going to want to be there you just need to be there when they need you and that was in a place I lived so you have this circle of friends but at the minute I'm traveling and this is kind of hard because it's like who do you talk to you need to talk to the right people to sort of deal with this and um, because it obviously means that you have days like when you know something like that you have a day when you feel quite down mm-hmm. um and you can have down days when you're traveling even if you haven't had bad news and sometimes you might talk to people who can't relate to it and you might not want to tell them the whole story you might just want to be like i feel a bit shit like cheer me up but people assume because some people assume that because you're traveling and because you're living the dream as people would say you don't really have the right to feel down you don't have the right to have a day where you just want to like cry or like pull the covers over your head and like not come out until the next morning but it is normal whether whether you're feeling whether you have had something that's made you feel that way or whether you're just like emotional like it's it's fine exactly a lot of times when you talk about travel as you said before people you've got those great pictures on instagram and so forth but these are the moments that people don't talk about and this is the moment i'm glad and i thank you for being able to talk about this right now because it is a it's not an easy subject but it's a real subject it's not an easy subject but the good thing is that since i spoke to my mum the first night um i've spoken to her every day since and um like she said that my grandma's getting better or that she is like maybe not getting better but she's she's okay. Um so that also makes it easier to talk about at this particular moment. Mm-hmm. I think you also need to assess what kind of person you are when you're doing this sitting still thing mm-hmm. because sometimes like I'm the sort of person that needs to I need a bit of time on my own if i'm feeling down but the other day like i think it was the se- the day after i'd been told that news um i just went completely into myself i spent the whole day like by myself i went out on my own when i was in the hostel i had my headphones on they're a pretty big pair so they're quite they block out all the outside they block the outside <laughs> and they're also a message to anyone like i don't have time for you right now <laughs> um or i was on my laptop um just doing work and it wasn't until like really late that night i think it was 10 or 11 o'clock like there was a dutch lady with this game with a load of you have to throw dice and get worms or something and i was like i think i just need to sort of stop being on my own and like actually be around some other people to to change my mindset right now and it was just really fun and it helped me forget about it so like Yes, you do need to sit still, but sometimes you need to realize that the other people around you in the hostel can be the, like talking to them and interacting with them, not just in the hostel, like whenever you have the chance. Um when you're traveling, speak to as many people as you can because they can like get you out of a hole that maybe you can't get yourself out of, like I don't know. No, no, I I totally agree. I think one of the important things is that we sometimes 
very, very often when we are in a hole or we're in a situation, we feel like we're the only person in our lives mm-hmm. that have ever been in this situation. People have families, people have parents, people have grandparents, people have births, people have deaths, people have weddings, people have times they laugh, and people have times <coughs> they people have times they cry. So it's 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 about the human contact. And mm-hmm. I think one of the, the, the very important factors of a hostel and the main reason to stay in a hostel is that contact. And yeah. so that contact is there not only when you want to do the fun things, yeah. not only when you want to go out and party, mm-hmm. but you, those people are there also when you have those down moments because they're people, they're, they're also away from home. They're also missing what you're missing. And so some of them might have had the same situation happen a week before or some of them maybe a month before. You know, others might be new on the trail. What I would say about the recommendation here is let's look at it as a two-step process. Mm-hmm. First of all, take that time to sit still and to just sort of process for yourself And then second of all, take that time to find that person around you in the hostel that also can, uh, you could talk and soundboard from. I think that's a very healthy and a very uh, sane thing to do. It's not always, each individual has to make their decisions and have to figure out how and what their next step will be. But I think it is important to understand that we are not alone when we travel and we have other people that we can talk to that could probably help us sound some of our decisions off of. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, what Tony just said, like this thing where you take yourself out of the hole by approaching other people um, doesn't just apply to traveling, but it's probably the easiest place to do that. So... Okay. One thing I will actually say is, although I said earlier those headphones are a big, basically, it didn't work, but I'm really glad, like, people could tell I was not feeling great that day, like, but every so often I was offered a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or someone would just be like, how are you doing? If you if you do see someone, I'd like to think that if I'd have seen someone, just let them know that, that there are other people around them, that if they if they want to be left alone, absolutely fine. If they want to talk to someone great like yeah that's exactly what i was going to say and you said it perfectly any other thoughts not feel guilty about sitting still i do think there is an element of selfishness to travel and what you want to do needs to be at the heart of your trip um especially well especially when you're traveling solo if you find that you're doing something because you think it's what other people feel you should do or you're doing it if your sole reason of doing it is to get a like on Facebook or Instagram, don't do it. Just do what you actually want to do instead. You don't owe your trip to someone else. You owe it to yourself to make it exactly what you want it to be. That's what I would say. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. And again, thank you for sharing. There's. It's so important that we share these stories with people to let them know that they're not the only one that goes through these things. Sometimes it's. I know it's hard to to express your feelings and emotion uh, at least, but it's, I think it's so important because it will definitely be helping and listening to someone, someone out there listening to this. Bye. Thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I know it might be a while before some of you get back onto the road, but we'll just leave you with some thoughts. We also have a written version of this story written by Dan on our Facebook page. And if you'd like to read more of Dan's stories on his blog, please take a look at our podcast notes 
to see how to get a hold of him. Once again, I'd like to thank all the people who have donated so far to our podcast. And for the people who would like to do so, please take a look at the podcast notes to see how you can do it. Don't forget to subscribe so that you get all the future shows and updates as soon as they come in. If you have any questions or comments about our show, please send an email to elcafcitotravelltalks at gmail.com. As always, I look forward to seeing you here in the El Cafecito Cuenca. Bye for now, all the best, and please stay safe.